You're listening to Women Making Waves. Linda chats to Kelly Anstey, who decided she wanted to be an accountant at the age of 10 years of age and now runs a successful tax consultancy. Kelly chatted to Linda Ness about her enthusiasm for tax. Tax is boring, I guess, to most people. Um, It has a reputation for, you know, your standard gentleman with some grey hair and some glasses and perhaps a little bit of jargon that might put people off. I knew at a really young age I wanted to be an accountant. Yeah, I was 10. We'd done a... I know it's really unusual. You can ask 18-year-olds now and they're still not sure. Even if it's you as a brand, you can still sort of brand yourself. People do like to buy from people. Need fans. We all need fans. We all need fans. (laughs) So, you know, they do the influencing for you. Kelly Anstey is described as an accountant that breaks the mould. She founded a firm called Taxwag, and a look at their website informs that she sets out not only to help self-employed people handle their tax, but offers much more. Kelly, accountancy tends to have a reputation of being, you know, sorry for saying this, but a little bit dull. (laughs) (laughs) I get the feeling that you're trying to change that. Yeah, one day at a time. Tax is boring I guess to most people Um, it has a reputation for you know your standard gentleman with some grey hair and some glasses and perhaps a little bit of jargon that might put people off I think I'm probably the only one that actually enjoys sitting down and watching webinars learning about tax but you know someone's (laughs) got to do it I'd I'd like to see myself as sort of the bridge between the law and actually being compliant and sort of doing what you need to do so I like to make it fun and interesting because yeah ultimately tax is boring it's not an unfair statement to make. So how did you get started? I know that you ran a blog and you were giving advice initially. Is that how you kind of got that off the ground? Yeah, I'll be honest. When I was pregnant, I couldn't really think of a good business name. Um, So I just went with what my blog stood for and people already knew it anyway. So it did help. I knew at a really young age I wanted to be an accountant, though. You did? Yeah, I was 10. We'd done a... I know it's really unusual. You can ask 18 year olds now and they're still not sure. I um, There was a budgeting exercise we'd done at school and they showed us sort of the cost of living and the different types of jobs and different incomes you could have. And I see that accountant was sort of near the top with a big 60 grand figure. And I thought, cool, that's a lot of money. And that was, you know, when I was 10, so in 1995. Um, and I said to the teacher, what's an accountant? And she said, it's somebody that's good at maths. So I went home, told my mum I wanted to be an accountant. And luckily she knew someone who did then place me later on in life in a full time job. <laughs> that's amazing. So was it the 60 grand salary that an accountant gets? That uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I come from a council estate background, so obviously money was quite up there in terms of what I wanted to achieve in life. And I did genuinely enjoy maths. I still do now, so why not do something you enjoy? Do you know what? It's perfect, isn't it? When you find a job that you really enjoy doing, and it pays quite well as well. What could yeah, be better? that is the aim of life, I guess, living it the is. dream. It <laughs> is, it is. You're absolutely right. So you ran this blog, and you got a bit of a following on the blog, It is a good way to be recognised, but is there a conflict between giving away too much information free of charge when you've got these blogs? There's a balance, I think, with almost anything in business. Um, I do believe in helping anybody. So even if it was sort of a free bit of impartial advice, even if it wasn't for an actual client, they're going to remember me as somebody that if that comes up in their social circles, you know, who's a good accountant, I may well get remembered and get work that way instead. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, li- I sort of like to put teasers out there and just make people aware I might not write the whole ins and outs of it. Obviously, that would prompt them to contact me. That's what we do. 
I think it is quite good. It's a little bit like if you're a baker and you give away little samples of your wares. That's a, good a really to... good analogy, yeah. It That's is. Definitely, I'm now the baker of tax. <laughs> like sweet things, yeah. <laughs> so what advice would you have to someone starting up their own business? Because I know that's something that you deal with a lot. The advice I'd give to a new startup would be, you know, hold yourself accountable. Make sure you're checking your accounts every week. You know, if they're in an online software system, that shouldn't be too difficult. You know, you can have an app in your phone nowadays that will tell you what your profit and loss is. Um, And check that cash flow and your profit and loss every week. If you've got a business plan, um, refer to it every now and again. As I said, keep yourself accountable and make sure that whatever it is you said you wanted to do, you've done. And, you know, if you didn't budget for it, plan for the next quarter or the next six months and see how that's going to pan out instead. I think now Nowadays, also having a Google presence is really important. So if you've got your recommendations online, it adds to your authenticity to the service or the goods that you're providing. Even if it's you as a brand, you can still sort of brand yourself. People do like to buy from people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once your personality is out there, you know, it's a bit like Mama, you like it or you don't. So shortly, I'm going to be launching my YouTube channel with my video blogs on there. So I think there might be a little bit more interesting than the standard blogs. I know people don't really like reading too much nowadays. Um, and I just want to talk to people and explain to them about the new things that are coming up and what they can expect from the tax world. I don't think a lot of people actually realise they've got to start doing their books every three months next year. Every um, three months? Yeah, every 90 days. So there'll be like a little submission to do, then a summary four times a year, and then you'll be able to do your tax return. So, yeah, quite a big change. 60% of businesses don't even know it exists. I'd like to say that 100% of my clients know that it exists and they're ready for it. So, yeah. comfortable position to be oh, in. That's a moment. bit of a shocker. It would put me off. The thought of all this technical stuff, because if you're if you're wanting to set up business and you've got a passion and it's something that's not to do with money at all, it's some passion or other, it does put you off because there's all this scary stuff that you can go to jail for yeah, or get big true. fines yeah. if you get horribly wrong. I think with the making tax digital stuff, there are some good opportunities in there for businesses. Like there's opportunities to pay your tax early. I personally don't think that's going to be helpful for the startups. 25% of the country is currently self-employed and I think what the government are actually trying to do is deter people from becoming self-employed do because of the so? tax advantages. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it would be great if the whole country was self-employed. But, yeah. you know, there's pluses and minuses for employment and self-employment. I do believe that if you're going to be self-employed, you need to be made of a certain structure. It's not easy. No. Um, I think the revenue do understand that. So why not throw in a few sort of hoops to jump through in the process? If you've got a good accountant and you can trust in them completely, then these sort of things shouldn't be an issue and they shouldn't be a deterrent at all, although the revenue will try and deter anyone But then that costs as well. The very time that you need a lot of advice is when you're starting up a business. Yes. And that's the very time that you don't really have any money because, you know, you've probably got a chunk of money that you've set aside to see you over the first, you know, few months. If you're very fortunate. If you're very fortunate. (laughs) It doesn't always start like that. No, it doesn't. So for these people, they need advice. But advice, to be honest, it doesn't come cheap, does it, really? I feel that the accountancy preparation side of it due to technology is actually decreasing. Like you can automate a lot of the bookkeeping stuff nowadays, which actually frees up your accountant to be an advisor. So I feel like it's sort of hand in hand. There are firms out there that are going down the advisory route and charging a lot of money for it but as you said for startups it's not always helpful I mean there's a lot of things to help startups there's government grants there's apprenticeships you know you can get money that way as well there are third parties you can also get money from if need be and you don't necessarily need to have a trade in history so Mm -hmm. I think banks are the thing of a past in terms of helping businesses set up and you were talking about doing a YouTube channel as well 
Yes. That, that's quite interesting. It's something I've considered for a little while, so I think yeah. it's the time now in this day and age to crack on with it. Which social media channels do you use at the moment? I love them all. (laughs) Social media geek. I've been doing social media since about 2004. There was a really, really early programme called Face Party and then there was MySpace. I'm sure there'll be a few older heads out there that can relate to those platforms. The ones that I generally get the most work from, I think it's due to my age, it's uh, Twitter and Facebook. There's a lot of, you know, my current friends and family on Facebook. So if anything pops up in a group and they need to recommend an account, and there's been times where I've been recommended sort of multiple times on one post. So inevitably that person contacts me, which wow. is quite nice. I don't really need to do the marketing myself. My clients and friends and such. Like, and that's for me. just the best position to be in, isn't you it? You need fans. We all need fans. We all need fans. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they do the influencing for you. I'm trying to sort of come up on the Snapchat side of things just because I'm aware that, you know, the kids at school at the moment are the future. They're going to be the ones that are self-employed, running their own businesses. You know, with technology at everybody's fingertips nowadays, there's no stopping anybody, really. If you've got an idea and you want to run with it, Literally, you can, as you said, like money does come into it sometimes. Um, but again, there's just so much stuff out there. I don't think people are aware of how much help you can actually get now. The internet is so resourceful. You've also been running educational workshops in schools and for businesses. It's something I've always wanted to do from a young age. I've always wanted to go into schools and speak to them about mostly finances. I saw a lot of my friends growing up and people that I knew when I was younger and they were too quick to sort of run into a store and get a store card or a credit card and then a few years down the line they've realised they're probably not even going to be able to get a mortgage in years to come. I mean the credit side of things has changed slightly nowadays but yeah I'd just like to help people you know they don't teach you about business plans and cash flow and you know in business there's a really good saying you know that you want to maintain that profit is sanity and cash flow is king and I just don't feel like the youth of today are aware of that at all. No you're absolutely right I remember getting a store card when I must have been about 19 or 20. Mm, we all done it Yes, <laughs> yes we did, it was a clothes score. I very quickly realised that the clothes that I'd bought were actually costing far more than they cost mm. because of the interest so I Late decided charges, immediately yeah. I was going to pay the thing off and never use it again and I have never done that again well maybe you should come with me to these uh, educational <laughs> workshops <laughs> sound like you learned yes. the same lesson that I did yeah. I, could, I could stand in rags next to you and say this is what happens you get one story <laughs> So you enjoy doing things like that, do you? Yeah, I really do. I go to different schools. Uh, They have different formats. There's lots of different children there. Some of them, you can just tell they're ready to work. A lot of them, you know, they're not really sure what they want to do in life. And I think that's okay. I I find it's unusual that at my age, I did know what I wanted to do. I do appreciate that that's not normal at the age of 10 to know where you want your whole life going. Yeah, and also it's a bit unusual. Only a stewardess. Or or footballer or a vet or something (laughs) like that. Yeah, yeah. No, Kelly wanted to work with maths and being. Um, but yeah you when I started training it was quite difficult to become an accountant for example you know I was working full-time and I was doing an apprenticeship so for me to study it wasn't as though I was sort of doing college and then going home I was going to work I was doing only 16 days at college throughout the whole year and the rest of it was sort of home learn and work experience and um, I had to travel all the way to Norwich so I'd be up at six in the morning be back at eight o'clock at night you know back then buses only run hourly in Cambridge so Mm -hmm. it was a long long day for me and then I'd have to sort of study and pass my exams as well. But you must have been really really keen to have done 
on that. I think these apprenticeships are absolutely brilliant. I went to an apprenticeship evening with my daughter recently and there was a girl there from a big accountancy firm, you know, one of those very, very massive firms. And she was saying that actually she would be slightly ahead of people that had gone off to university exactly. to do the degree. And without the big debt, might I add. And without the big debt, hands-on, far more experience, slightly ahead of the game, would be more senior than they were when they started. And more employable as well. You know, there was there's times where, you know, someone may well be qualified and want to come and work with you, but if they don't know how to deal with people or, you know, that sort of stuff, it becomes a little bit difficult. I would say that if anyone wants to get into accountancy, skip the whole university thing and just go and do the work experience and get an apprenticeship because you don't end up with the big debt. You talked about the talks that you do at schools and for businesses as well. You also do other charitable outlets as well. In terms of the actual firm, we donate 1% of our turnover to charity. These charities are recommended by our clients, by the people that we know, and there are also people and businesses that are close to my heart. So, for example, we donate to the Mind Charities, the one for mental health. We donate to the Children's Hospice as well, just as I said, you know, the winter comfort in Cambridge too. Anybody that really needs help, like I do believe in investing locally, we've sponsored an under-16s football team and our most recent one was actually, you probably wouldn't imagine an accountancy firm to do it, is we sponsored a boxing match in Cambridge and it was amazing. We had such a good time. It was a really good networking event as well and I actually got quite a lot of business off the back of it so yeah, that oh, was I, quite nice at the same time. You I know? think it's very fitting. <laughs> you know, I think most people once they've completed their tax return do feel that they've done 10 rounds in the boxing thing. <laughs> you don't even want to know how I feel on February 1st every year trust me it's just like I need a holiday (laughs) but yeah I don't think this January is going to be like that I've yeah I'm that far up to date now that everything's in hand we're at the stage where I'm not looking to grow right now but I may well do that in the sort of next two years Um, main reason for that I'll be honest is just I've got a three-year-old and I want to spend a lot of time with her before Um, and I appreciate that there's got to be a fine balance between family commitments and earning your crust you know I do enjoy working but at the same time I want to spend a lot of time with my daughters but I keep my energy levels up I'll make sure I'll take certain times off work to make sure I can sort of rebuild myself mm-hmm. um, but yeah I just really enjoy it I'm lucky to be in the position that I'm in It's been great speaking to you Kelly I think you've got the right balance and the right mix what you just said about keeping your energy up by having that balance between life and work perfect thank you very much for joining us today thank Kelly Thank you for having me Linda, I cannot believe that Kelly Anstey had a passion for tax at 10 years of age. Well, it was was a passion for accountancy, but I think driven by the fact that she thought it was going to earn her a lot of money. But it is very, very young to make up your mind what you want to do and actually stick to it. You know, I remember when I was 10, I wanted to be something, but I have no idea what it was now. You know, you normally grow out, you go through phases, don't you? There's the nurse and the the doctor and and all the vet. You know, that was a big one with me for for a while. And all these things. Mm. But she she had it, it was right from the word go and even uh, she got support from her parents didn't she that that's what she wanted to do well right? yeah I mean I think when, when she grew up when she left the school her mother knew somebody and managed to organise some kind of work for her but uh, she worked very hard by the sound of it and she is she's really great very very enthusiastic about what she does really mm. loved her but she doesn't want to just make money for a business she wants to give something back doesn't she oh absolutely community. oh absolutely I mean she's very into the charitable side of her business as well in order to give back to the community. No, she's very, very keen to um, to talk about that. I actually like the way she wants to guide school children and how to run their own money. Mm-hmm. And that's something 
I don't remember being taught at school. No. There's a lot more people trying to do that now mm-hmm. and introduce schools and children to literally manage their money. I think it comes from the home as well. I know it's a great idea that it's done at school. I think it also comes from the home and how your parents are with money. And I suppose if you have parents who are spending the money that should go on food, for example, on other things, then potentially you're going to follow suit. So I think it is a great thing to go in and do that. And I think she's doing, you know, and she's the kind of person She's very down to earth and likeable and listenable. So I can imagine teenagers really relating to her and enjoying hearing what she's saying. I also like the the life-work balance that she talked about at the end of the interview. I think that is really key. And I think a lot of women are much more enthusiastic about doing this than men are. Or maybe men just don't think they can do it. What do you mean that she's trying to balance it? And yeah, she's try- she, she makes sure that she spends... a a decent amount of time with her daughter and I think that's great Mm, because a lot for a lot of us if you haven't got your own business maybe it's more difficult if you're working structured hours you know nine to five and traveling time over that so it it leaves the family life it makes it far more difficult if someone's got a dental appointment or you know or or just needs you there to take them places so do you still think it's a women's issue then I do think it's a women's issue yes I think there's there is the thought that men the, the male job is somehow rather more protected in, in that um, in a lot of a lot of families, I think, and that women, the, their job is more expendable, perhaps. You're listening to Women Making Waves 